You may be seated. Uh, children ages 5 to 8 can be dismissed for junior church at this time. You can go to the back, and there's a teacher that will meet you back there, and you'll have a special little service just for you if you want to be involved in that. Well, we welcome you to the chapel, and um, had a little story I wanted to share with you. Years ago, um, I was a youth pastor. And, um, yeah, five to eight, right? Five to ten? Okay, five years old up to ten years old, you can go to the back, and and you'll have somebody that will be back there that will work with you. Okay, good. We could go to fifth. No, we won't. We won't go any higher than that. We'll, do, we'll keep it at ten. All right. Anyway, we welcome you to the chapel. Um, years ago, I was a youth pastor. Uh, at another church, and one of the things we used to do in the fall, eventually we stopped doing it, but one of the things we did in the fall is we would gather the youth group together, and some, sometimes we got like 100 kids that would come out for this thing, junior hires, which, you know, it's a challenge in itself. But anyway, we got together, and we would go up to this uh, farm, and what this farmer had done is he took his barn, and he completely converted it over so that it became a hay maze, a maze with all these bundles of hay. And it actually went up a story and came down a story. It, was, it, was, it must have taken him weeks to, to build that thing. And so when we got there, um, it was always at night you brought the kids. And so you walked into that barn, and it was completely pitch black. I mean, you couldn't see a thing. And, uh, you know, we kind of felt like little rats, you know, just kind of run, going around through that whole thing. But, but what would happen is sometimes you'd get into one of these areas and you'd be completely lost. You didn't know how to, you, you didn't know what to do. You didn't know how to get out. And um, it was always kind of nice that, to have somebody with a flashlight eventually that could flash, put that light on and say, you get out by going up there, you know. So we really appreciated that because otherwise we would have been completely lost. This is a wonderful theme for how God wants his people to live. It's picked up all the way through scripture. The young people learned about it during the week. It's picked up in, in Matthew chapter 5. Let your light so shine before men. We, we sang about it. It's time to shine. What I'd like to do today, just for a few minutes... If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn over to Matthew, the book of Matthew, not Matthew 5, but Matthew 28, and we're going to just look at the uh, three last verses of Matthew chapter 28, and I, and I want to answer just three questions. Who's supposed to shine? What does it mean to shine? And why should we do it? Okay, that's it. Just real simple. Now, getting through them may, may not just be it, may, but, but three things. Who's supposed to shine? What does it mean to shine? And why should we do it? Okay? Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. This passage comes at the end of the book of Matthew. Jesus has talked throughout the book about the importance of knowing him and, and following him. Matthew 5 is all about that. 
But by the time you get to the end of the book of Matthew, you know what you find out? This Jesus who has come and who has lived a sinless, perfect life and has talked about the way God would want people to live. They, they, they don't live that way, but the, the way God would want them to live. This is the Jesus that lives that perfect life. And at the end of that life, he dies the death that every one of us deserved to die. Goes to the cross of Calvary, and all of the punishment that was supposed to come upon us, all because of our sin and the sins of the world, it all comes upon his son. And in that moment, he bears the sins of the world, and he dies for us. And, and, and three days later, he comes out of the grave and he appears to his people. And he says, what I did on the cross at Calvary, it works for you. It can change you. It will promise you resurrected life one day. And Matthew gets to the very end of his book. And he's going to talk to us all about shining. Now, who shines? Just randomly, anybody that wants to? Hey, I think I might be, sh I'm going to shine. No, 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 no. The people who are called to shine in Matthew's account are people who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Think about it like this. How far can I wander here? Not too far, right? About this far? I know I can't, I, I'll go off the screen if I go too far, but maybe just a little bit. What do you think about it like this? When the Bible talks about who is supposed to shine, it is his forgiven followers who are supposed to shine. You know what that means? There was a time in my life when I realized that Jesus died for my sins. I could never pay for my sins before God on my own. I couldn't. I couldn't. I will stand condemned if I try. And nobody has to tell me that I was a sinner. Like, I got a long list. You do too. One day in my life, I realized I could never pay that debt. And I bowed the knee to Jesus Christ. And I said, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want you to forgive me from all my sins. I want to become part of the family of God. I want your spirit to work in my heart from the inside out and change me in ways that I could never change myself. I want Christ. You know what happened? In that moment, Doug Finkbeiner became a forgiven follower of Jesus Christ. I was gone one way, and now for the first time in my life, I was reoriented, and I'm going this way. Now, now the way I walk this way is a little bit yeah, not easy. This is how Doug Finkbeiner has walked as a forgiven follower of Christ. Look around, look around. Kind of get reoriented and take the next step. Right? I me. Mean, I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. Ask anybody that knows me. I'm not perfect. But I'm forgiven. And God's spirit is in work in my heart, slowly, incrementally changing me and making me more like Jesus. But it's going to take a long time. I've been at this thing for a long time. It's going to go till I die. And then God's going to just change me completely but I'm not there yet. If you 
are a forgiven follower of Christ, then this passage is for you. If you're not, if you have never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, forget shining. Just forget it. Because what are you going to shine? Good morals. Well, that, that's not what God wants. He wants you to shine Jesus Christ for who he is. Do you see? So, so the people who shine are people who have, been, who have become forgiven followers of Christ. Their whole life has been reoriented. They're not perfect. We'll never be for, perfect. But we're forgiven. And God is in the process of beginning to change us. It'll take a lifetime. All right, so what am I supposed to do? A forgiven follower of Christ. Look at what he says in Matthew 28. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You, you, you know what I'm supposed to do? You know what you're supposed to do if you're a forgiven follower of Jesus Christ? Here you are. You know Christ is the answer. You've got the answer. If you know Christ is your Savior, you're the only one who has the answer for all the problems and struggles of humanity. That's it. Nothing else will do. And what he says is, as a forgiven follower, I want you to make disciples. I want you to allow God to work through you so that people will do two things. Number one, that they'll join you in this journey with Jesus Christ. And what we do is, we invite people to join us in this journey with Christ. So he says here, Make disciples of all nations. You know what I love about that? All nations. Can you ever talk to the wrong person? No. It's everybody, you see? So make disciples of all nations. You know Jesus Christ. What you do is you invite people to a journey with him. We call it, sometimes we call it evangelism. And here it specifically says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here's what happens. Let's just make believe. I'm going to use Pastor Tim as an example. It's always a bad thing to sit on the front row because you never know what will happen. But we're good friends, so can't go wrong. Let's suppose Pastor Tim, well, he's not Pastor Tim, he's just Tim. Tim is as pagan as they come. I mean, he doesn't know anything about the Bible. He doesn't care about the Bible. And I strike up a friendship with Tim. And I, first time I tell him about Jesus Christ and sin, he just laughs at me. He, just thinks this, he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Okay, he knows he does bad things, but it's not that bad. And he's not quite sure there's even a God. But we spend time together. We golf. I don't golf. This is completely made up. Okay, Tim does. We golf or whatever the case may be. Tim gets to begin to rub up against my life in which... God is at work. And he sees, my, <laughs> he sees my weaknesses when I miss that drive, you know. He sees all that. 
But he also sees a meaning and a purpose in life that he's never had before. It doesn't make any sense to him. And in time, he asks me again, tell me, tell me about Jesus. And I tell him about the wonder of Jesus, who knows exactly the way we're supposed to live, who knows that we need him above everything else. He has all the answers to my problems and even everything. It's Jesus. And in time, God's spirit works in Tim's heart. Tim says, I want Jesus Christ. And, 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 and he prays and he asks Christ to be his Lord and Savior. And in one fell swoop, he becomes a child of God. And he now has joined me in this journey of following Christ. Does that make sense? And the text here talks about baptizing. Do we baptize people so that they can become Christians? No. We baptize people so that they can declare to everybody, I'm a forgiven follower of Jesus Christ on this path. We baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father starts it. The, Jesus Christ is the one who has died for me. And the Spirit empowers and works within me. And so I, just, I say, look, I want to be baptized and just tell everybody, I know Christ. I've been united to him. God is within me. I know God is Father. Now, all that. And to shine our light, means that we speak to people. I won't do this in your eyes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, I would have had one of those lasers. That'd be really bad, like, ah, you know, kind of thing, right? right. But, 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 but what happens is we get, we, we are privileged as forgiven followers of Christ to talk to people and live authentically before people. Show them Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine before men that they can see your good works and what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. You, you, you don't take a light when you're on a special trip and hide it when you need it. I mean, look, I, I've been on a lot of camping trips and sometimes I've forgotten my flashlight. What a catastrophe. Like when you have to go to the bathroom at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, brother. You know, and you're, I'm just kind of, what? It's a mess. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. But, but you, you know what I mean? But it's not, a good, it's not a good thing, okay? But man, you pop on that light, that makes all the difference in the world. So, so again, what does it mean for people who know Christ, who are on a journey with him, to shine the light? You seek to have relationship with people who don't know Christ and you invite them to a journey so that when they accept Christ, in their baptism, they tell everybody, I'm a forgiven follower of Christ. And then your job's over, right? Not exactly. Then it goes on to say, and I want you to teach them everything that I have commanded you. Now, how long do you think that'll take? Like, there's a lot in there. You know what that means? I'm on this journey. Tim's on this journey. 
And, and maybe in our growth experience, at some level, he even catches up to me or whatever, and I don't know where. But, but part of what I do then is I don't just say, well, Tim's a forgiven follower. I'm out of here. No, 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 no. What I say is, um, Tim, how can I help you to make Christ Lord of every part of your life? Because Tim's not sure even what that means. So if I say, Tim, you should be a godly husband. He has no idea what I'm talking about. You know? Well, what's that mean exactly? And, and you, ought to be, you ought to be a good Christian worker. Okay. Got it. And part of what Tim will need is me putting my arm around him, taking him back to the scripture so that God's spirit can work into it in his heart so that Tim can take that next step with Christ. But you know what happens down the road? Five, 10 years down the road, initially I was kind of helping Tim along like this. Catastrophe comes into my life. And I'm completely bummed out over it. I lose a loved one. Guess who comes and wraps his arm around me? It's Tim Huff. Yeah, I thought you were supposed to be discipling him. The whole thing gets mixed up, doesn't it? And he puts his arm around me. He says, you know, you know what God has shown me? I go like, oh man, I forgot that. Or I remembered it, but I just need someone to tell me again. And, and God calls you and I to both invite people to a journey and then to nurture them or help them in their faith walk with Christ along that journey until they die or Christ comes back and they end up in his presence. We are always about people. If they don't know Jesus, we invite them. If they do know Jesus, we help them. We're just, we're in the people business. That's what it is because God's in the people business. Do you see? Who can shine the light? Only forgiven followers of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to shine the light? Invite people to a journey so they declare who Jesus is. And then help them with each one of those steps so when they backtrack, you're there. When they're looking around, you're there. When they just need encouragement, you're there. Whatever it is, sometimes confrontation and challenge, all those things are necessary. But we walk together in this journey of knowing Jesus more deeply because all of life is about Christ. Thirdly, why should we do it? Say, because here's the truth. Is it easy? Is it easy to invite people to a journey with Christ? Oh, yeah, I never get scared. We all get scared. You're thinking like, what's that person going to say? Or if it's somebody at work that you're going to see every day and you go, if this doesn't go so well, I got to still see them tomorrow. Right? Yeah, you get scared. What if they give me a question I can't answer? You know what? They probably will at some time. You just tell them openly and honestly, I don't know. I'll get back to you. That's a good answer. It's not easy to invite people to a journey. We get scared for a whole host of reasons. It's not always easy to walk with people. Look, there are times, I mean, I do a fair amount of counseling. 
but um, there are times when I'm counseling with people and issues come up and, and my initial thought in my head is, I don't have any idea what to say to this person right now. So I normally just ask for more information. <laughs> well, could you elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's tricks in the trade here. But, 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 but the point is, you don't always know what to say there either. Or you have to find a brother and sister in Jesus Christ who is wandering away and, 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 and their, their life has just kind of gone dark for a variety of reasons. And, and you, you got to humbly, kindly challenge them. Do you think that's easy? It's hard. Nobody, I, there's probably a couple people that like it, a couple masochists that enjoy doing that. But, but for, for the majority of us, we don't like doing that. I just like to, I like everybody to be happy. Doesn't work like that, does it? So the question is, Jesus, as a forgiven follower, you want me to invite people to a journey and nurture them as they walk with you. Okay, why should I do it? And this passage gives us two reasons. And it, it, it really couples. This is really what's fascinating to me in the Great Commission. What you find is in verse 19 down to 20a is where all the mission, where all the commands are. Did you notice that? Do you see any command in verse 18? Listen to what it says. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Any, any commands there? Nothing. Look at the very end of verse 20. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Any commands there? Nothing. You know what I love about this passage? You know what motivates us to obey the commands there in verse 19 and 20a? The person of Jesus in verse 18 and the person of Jesus in verse 20b. Jesus becomes our greatest motivation. All authority, verse 18 says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Like, does that leave anything? Leaves nothing that's not under his role. Every four years, you and I can vote in and out the most powerful person in the world, the president of the United States. And any president can only run at the most for eight years. That's it. Jesus has no term limits. He is at the top forever. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. And because he obeyed the father's commission, all salvation will come through him and him alone. And so when somebody, sometimes like when I evangelize and I'm sharing the gospel, sometimes people go, whoa, 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 whoa. That's personal. My religion is very personal. You have yours. You have, you have no right to tell me about this. And I, I'm, you know, you try to say it as nicely as you can, but you say, it, I, have, I am completely obligated to tell you there's one way to heaven. There's not 20. There's not salvation in anyone else but Jesus Christ. There's no other way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. And what I want to tell them is, I love you enough to tell you the truth that there's one Lord to whom you will bow either in this life or when it's too late in the world to come. That's it. 
Because the Bible tells us every knee will bow. But if you bow in the afterlife, it's too late. If you bow in this life, Lord and Savior, it changes everything. All authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Jesus, you are the authoritative king. There is no other. We will never remove you, and there's nothing outside of your sovereign hand. Nothing. That's pretty cool, folks, isn't it? So when I invite somebody to a journey, or I'm walking with a believer, and I'm really nervous and scared, Christ says, Doug, do it. Because I am over everything. However, that helps me a lot. But I still get nervous. So look at the way verse 20 ends. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's not just the God over us. He's the God who walks with us. Do you see that? What a beautiful story. My kids were really young. Um, we used to take them for walks in the park. And it was always a fun time. And, and one of my graphic memories is when they're about like three or four years of age, you know, where we're, they're walking and I'm walking and whatever. And all of a sudden, somebody comes the other direction and they're walking their dog. And it's a big dog. The dog's as big as, the, as one of my kids. Okay, children. I know you're not supposed to say kids because that means goats. Okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. One of my children. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My, my children are not goats. Okay, so one of my children. And they so want to touch that dog. But they're so afraid. You know what helps them? They grab my hand. And still with a little bit of trepidation, right? They, they, the dog comes by and they... <laughs> <laughs> right? you, you know, you, you've done it, parents. You've done this a million times. You know what I'm saying? That's not the first time you've seen that. Uh, you've experienced it. There's something about holding dad or mom's hand that makes that much easier. And Jesus says, yes, I'm the authoritative king that says, think, Biner, go. You're scared? You go because there's only one hope and it's in me. But you never go alone. I'm always with you. My spirit resides within you. And when you're not sure what to say, he'll, he'll either give you words in that moment or in honesty, you'll say, I'll get back to you. And God will use all that. All of it he uses. You never walk alone. So who can shine the light. Forgiven followers of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to shine the light? It means you invite people to a journey and you help them as they walk on that journey with Jesus. Why, why should I do it? He's the king who is over us and he is the comforter who walks with us. Folks, shine the light. Let's pray. Lord, your truth is 
simple to understand, but very difficult to obey. We would pray in your grace and mercy that your spirit would do his good work in each one of our lives. For those who have never accepted Jesus Christ, Lord, may this be the moment or a significant turning in their life where for the first time in their life, they deeply consider the claims of Jesus Christ on their life or they actually become a forgiven follower. And Father, for those with us who are forgiven followers of Jesus Christ, Lord, help us not to play silly games. Help us to realize that we stand in the presence of royalty. A royalty who walks with us every step of the way. And Lord, help us to move into a broken, rebellious world that desperately needs Jesus Christ and invite them to a journey with him as they see us with all of our struggles seeking to walk with him. And then, Lord, use us to help Christians. Maybe it's just a kind word, a kind deed, a men's Bible study, lunch together, whatever, Lord. Help us to be men and women who are completely given over to make disciples of all nations. We thank you, Lord, for the power you've given us within through your spirit. We thank you for the wonder that we know Christ and we get to share him with others. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Who am I? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last, he has ransomed his grace. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for Yes, he did. Yes, he died for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I.
this, God, we know that you require us to come to you as children. You know, the kids at VBS this week, Lord, one thing that's cool in seeing them is that they just, they just do it. <laughs> they sing these songs and there's kind of this innocent belief to them that these things are true. And Lord, as they get older, as we know as adults, life gets complicated. Maybe their lives are complicated already, I don't know. But Lord, as we get older, we understand that it's hard sometimes to come to you as a child to understand it simply. But that's what you want us to be like quite often, just to simply believe that famous verse that you see all the time, and even at sporting events, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. It's simple. And Lord, help us to be like children this week. When we get mixed up in all the other things in life that distract us, may we remember that truth, that God did come, and he sacrificed himself for us, died on the cross to redeem me. And if I believe that, I have eternal life and a changed life. Yes, two steps forward, one step back quite often, like Pastor Doug said, Lord, but still moving in the right direction. God, help us to move in the right direction this week. We thank you for this morning. We ask you to be with us as we go from this place. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.